Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the 215 Seamer Podcast. My name is Connor Doherty, and before I introduce the rest of the squad here, I have a little story that I want to tell everyone, a little uh, a little anecdote, if you will. Good vocab word. Mm. Let's think back to the end of May. Philly's record was 22-29. and 29. They just fired the manager, Joe Girardi, who at the time was the first Phillies manager to guide the team to a winning record since 2011, which is over 10 years ago. Then there was the elbow injury to Bryce Harper, the reigning MVP, which took him out of the lineup on a consistent basis. And then came June, and then came the new manager, Rob Thompson. He ripped off his first eight wins in a row, and around that time, Harper was beginning to work his way back into the lineup as the DH on a full-time basis. Just weeks later, in San Diego, we all know what happened as Harper was hit by a pitch that broke his thumb, caused him to miss two months, and a shot at back-to-back MVPs. The team looked shot. They had a new manager, just lost the MVP, and were hovering around 500, a middle-of-the-road team that no franchise ever wants to be. And suddenly things began to take a dramatic change. The Phillies young players, which came to be known as the Phillies daycare, stepped into the spotlight. They had an offense that wound up with double-digit hits every night. The new manager found traditional roles for his bullpen, figuring out who could be counted on in higher leverage spots and who could eat innings. And things became sort of remarkable as they began to climb in the standings. Now enter September. The team got hot at the right time. The MVP was back in the lineup. And after an up-and-down month of September that saw them lose the race for a month and their second ace be up-and-down, they entered the last series of the season against the top seed, American League's top seed, Houston Astros, needing just one win to clinch that oh-so-elusive playoff berth. In that first game of the series, the second ace put himself on the national map, back where he belonged in the conversation as one of the best pitchers in the game. He tossed six and two-third perfect innings, and will find himself in that same situation on the biggest stage in sports, the World Series, as he takes the mound here in game one on Friday night in Houston yet again. Boys, how are we feeling? Feeling pretty, pretty excellent. I like the little story there. Was that just was that just the first paragraph of your next article? <laughs> No, I haven't written an article in so uh, long, actually. I like the story, though. I think, like I think the, fanside uh, it's going to – I'm pretty sure fanside is going to give me the hook, which honestly isn't even the worst thing in the world, dude. I'm swamped I, at the minute. I love – are you? I love how you framed that, though, because it really – and I want to get your opinion on it, Colt, but it, it couldn't have been more of a of a storybook ending, you know, and even to poetic. the last swing. Poetic. In the home there run. Yeah, it is. And everything about it, but the the lead up and what we went through. And I think that lead up of not being a great team along with 11 years of just being continually, you know, mediocre. And just and just failing and failing is why people see the Phillies and they're like, well, the Phillies are just hot. The Phillies aren't, you know, that great of a team. But I think we're very much turning the narrative around with this push. Well, we do have everyone in the U.S. rooting for us other than, you know, Houston. Exactly. That, that also helps. 
You know, everyone pulling for you. Knowing that in the back of your mind. Oh, are you done? I thought you were going to go on for a little bit. <laughs> My bad. Oops. I was phased out there. I was phased out there. All right. Um, but, yeah, I think most of the uh, most of the nation is going to be rooting for the Phils. Nice to hear, but, I mean, if you weren't with us, if you didn't want us at our Michael Franco era, mm. Oh yeah, you could talk on all those damn bandwagoners that we have now. Yeah, don't you know, be with us at our. You know, three weeks ago we couldn't even have a full stadium, but now everyone magically just shows up. There is an element of that, but it's also it's good I mean, for the what, team. It, it's good for the team. What are you going to do? Like, yeah, obviously you want to see a lot more people there when it's September and you're coming down and it's tight and these are the games that matter, but. On the flip side, when like you're hearing, you know, the NLDS through the screen, you know, the crowd do the do the tomahawk chant, which is just hilarious and completely emasculating to the Braves. I don't know how the Braves like lived with themselves after that. You emasculated the hell out of them, but I, th- I think it evens out because I mean they're you know we're five and zero at home, and I think they're a large. They have to be a big reason behind it. Go ahead, Culp. You work there. Shit, everything is like delayed for me. What do you think about it, Colby? About what? The home field advantage. Yeah, yeah. The home oh, field. dude, it's ridiculous there. I mean, it's always loud as hell. You know, like feel like you know Reese Hoskins, Bryce. They all rally around the crowd, which you know they're finally seeing what. Philadelphia is all about how it always was and always is a sports town. Yeah, I think you nailed it right there. Um, there, it's no big secret that Philly fans are the most wild and most passionate, and overall, just the best fans in sports. I think we're obviously in our own tier when it comes to sports fans, but uh, obviously when when the team sucks, we can get on you. But I mean, when you're playing well, there's it's a prime example right there. It's it's like playing with another guy on the field. It's like having another bat in the lineup, and it's like I mean, it's it's got to be awful to pitch in Philadelphia in the playoffs. Awful. I mean, I I wouldn't want to do it. I'm built different, but I still wouldn't want to do it. I still wouldn't want to do it. So, um, you think uh, Verlander's pitching game one? Or I think they think were trending towards I mean, that. They, were they, they swept, do so he only went one time. I feel like for them, I feel like best case scenario for them would probably put them here in Philly. I would pitch my ace at home. I don't know. I mean, you don't want to have someone rattled. I mean, well, if you pitch him game three, it lines him up for game seven. But if you pitch him game one, then it's game one. He's on rest for five five and potentially seven in a more limited bullpen, whatever you want to. On that scheduling note, I don't know if this is it just because, and what you guys are saying with the fans, I think it's awesome because. It's like the nation can finally see, you know, what it means to be like 
a Philly sports fan in full. You know what I mean? With the stadium just going crazy. But is the scheduling so smashed together because of the lockout? And if that's the case, what? why? Why do we not just – is it just TV deals for they had a game this day and they're supposed to have the game the next day and everything's been smushed together? Like, we don't need to have back-to-back days of playoff baseball. Like, treat it like the NBA. I don't rewire the TV deals in the postseason. Maybe it's just impossible to do to do that because they're. I feel like they're not getting the best competition or performance out of the competition necessarily by just making them cram in to a schedule. It's like make them play every other day. I don't know. I think that the TV deal and the broadcast networks are a big part of that. I remember one of the only things I've learned in school uh, ever actually was that the lockout would impact it because like college basketball is going to be starting soon and ESPN obviously and Fox and CBS and, and all those major networks that are doing the world series are going to have to like, no matter when baseball ends is when, that like that season begins like no matter what and those networks have to broadcast those games are contractually obligated um and after using those words i feel pretty smart and i'm gonna leave it on a good note there (laughs) well said if i had a sound effect button i'd be hitting the clap button yeah it's a good thing you don't have one of those i was on it for i was on the space for 14 seconds last night and it was (laughs) brutal I was like, oh shit, I wonder what this button does. And then boom. Mm. <laughs> what was I gonna say? Um do you guys want to get into? I mean, I haven't done all of my research, quote unquote, on the Astros yet. Do you want to get into Astros or do you want to do more of a review of of the NLCS? Colby pick. Uh, we can do a preview, you know, with the Astros. All right. Start us off, champ. I don't want to start off. You got to start off. All right. I'll start. Uh, I think that obviously their rotation is as legit as it gets. Uh, Verlander, Valdez, um, what are the other two guys' names? Um, the, the one guy went against the Yankees and McCullers. took a perfect game. What? Lance McCullers. No, there's McCullers and there's one other guy. Oh, Felipe Javier, right? Something like Christian Javier. That's what it was. That was close. Yeah. So their rotation stacked, and then their, their lineup, Altuve, Pena, uh, Pena, the rookie shortstop who – might be better than Correa this year. I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, then they have Jordan Alvarez. Going to get AL MVP votes. Not sure if he'll win. Actually, he definitely won't win because if Otani is not going to win, then, I mean, Alvarez isn't going to win either. Um, and then they have Alex Bregman, stud, been a stud for a long time. Kyle Tucker, say okay. great. Great in the field, uh, great bat. Yuli Gurriel getting up there in age, but he's still uh, hitting the cover off the ball. Trey Mancini, really good midseason pickup uh, from Baltimore there. 
obviously a great story with him. Um, he, I think he could be. Oh, give me a break! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if he uh, if he is able to really kind of heat up this series, and he'll definitely be a problem for the Phillies. Um, and then I have McCormick and Maldonado at the bottom of the lineup, just more for defense. Uh, Maldonado has never really been an offensive threat anywhere. Um, throw a beach ball at him and he's still miss it. Uh, same with uh, McCormick pretty much. I, I want to say they'll platoon him. Um, but curious nevertheless to see what they do uh, with those guys and how they'll play their matchups. I think with what you're saying and on that, I think it's undoubtedly going to be our biggest test. Not for the pod, you know, the Padres and Braves weren't good, but up and down in that Astros lineup, I think it's just a lot deeper and more dangerous than the, than the Padres. And the pitching obviously is very, very good. It's still, and, it, and it's a scary proposition. Because I, and I say in the last minute in our space, and it still rings true because I, it's hard when you go in and say, okay, Nolan might go in game one, right? I th- saw they were trending towards that and then putting Wheeler day to game two to give Wheeler an extra day of rest. You've seen he's been even more effective with that extra day of rest. Nolan's on like nine days of rest. So whatever. So you're hinging on two really solid performances from them. And if Nola goes bad, he goes bad, then you kind of dip into the bullpen early. And I think that's like something we've all seen. And then a starting pitcher in the postseason goes bad, you got to get him out early. But I, yeah, I, I do think it's going to hinge on those like game three Ranger performance at home. Game four, uh, Syndergaard, Falter, Gibson starting, Effin starting, whatever bullpen kind of lengthened game. better not touch the field, man. Johnny Holstaff, yeah. Yeah, I'll, exactly. have, I'll take anyone but Gibson. Gibson. Gibson's been awful. I saw a, uh, you know, just on the World Series picks on the CBS, you know, predicting the World Series from their analysts. I have no idea who these people are, but, you know, it's pretty split. And this one person says, and I kind of agree, the Astros are better than the Phillies in pretty much every measurable way. But there's no doubt in my mind that the Phillies are going to win the World Series. The vibes are simply too good. Man. Yeah, I mean, I've never heard something that I agree with so much that I didn't even notice. I mean, they're they're just not losing. They're it's not losing. as simple as that. They're not gonna lose. Um, they're yeah. I mean, they're they're just not gonna <laughs> lose. I mean, we saw the fight in the team when we were down four nothing when Bailey Falter started. I mean, that's the thing we've had it first. Hoskins, like, Reese Hoskins, you know, hit that two yeah. run home run that. Yeah, you know, boom, we're back in it. My big thing is, you know, because obviously they have this, more or less they have the entire week off Monday uh, through Thursday. They have off every day. I'm hoping that it doesn't kill their momentum. So, but that can kind of go the same way because the Astros are coming off a sweep of the Yankees. So I am hoping that either you know the Phillies keep their momentum or the Astros lose their momentum uh either way I think I think as long as they get one in Houston which is something they've been able to do in every series they've played so far they've been able to win every game one uh and they were in every game two as well I mean they were up for nothing in San Diego in game two they if it weren't for Reese Hoskins they 
were in game two in Atlanta, that error. Mm-hmm. So, and plus this time in game two, you have Zach Wheeler going. So if you drop the first one with Aaron Nola, then you still have your ace going yeah. in game two. So, and it's not like pitchers can get any better than Justin Verlander. So, I mean, it's not like you're facing Randy an upgrade in game two. Yeah. So yeah. I think after you face Verlander, it, it's not saying much, but it, it's like the level of pitching you're facing is yeah. coming down. So, and I think with all the pitchers that these guys have faced so far, I mean, they saw who they see game one Padres. They saw Darvish twice, Darvish. got to him both times. They saw um, Blake Snell. They saw Musgrove. They saw Clevenger, a former ace with the Indians, and put four on him and uh, before he even got out. Minute, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they saw pretty much all the Braves pitchers. I mean, it's no secret that they have a load of pitching staff, and they're still going to be good for a long time. They saw. They saw absolute heat from the Cardinals bullpen. They have like four guys that average We're 103 on their fastball. Completely unfazed. Yeah. And I mean, they were they were even down in that. They were down two nothing going into the was it the ninth inning? Yeah. Yeah. So they were staring at playing in an they were staring at two games into the postseason being in an elimination game and you know, they just haven't – they've only lost two games in these playoffs so far, I believe. There are – Two-two. Barely. We should two. have won both. Is that right? Honestly. Two. Two that we yeah. kind of gave away. Yeah. Yeah, two. Now, I just want to touch on um Verlander's past, you know, three starts. He, he faced the Phillies in October 1st, five innings. Faced the Mariners, four innings. 10 hits, given up six earned. And he's faced the Yankees, given up one one earned in six innings. Like, he's not going deep into these games. Well, against the Phillies, they took him out early because they were already clinched in right. top seed. So, All right, so if he goes – But if I seven, remember correctly, he had a no-hitter Yeah, he did. however far he went. He did have a no-hitter, but – Yeah, so – I mean, so, look, I yeah, mean, he that's, faced – That's a pretty big deal. Faced the Mariners, gave up 10 hits, six earned. He faced the Yankees, who are absolute garbage right now, six innings, one earned. I feel pretty confident that I feel like we beat Verlander in game one. And we're, we've gone against, I think, like the best thing we've seen in this team is the really resiliency of the lineup. And it, it goes to show that anything can happen in the playoffs, especially when there's a you know, a vibe and a momentum around a team like ours and like like around the lineup like ours because all of the, you know, the pitching staffs, like you've said, the heralded bullpen of the Padres, the heralded pitching staff of the Braves, the, you know, 103-mile-per-hour average fastball bullpen of the Cardinals, they've had no problem. And they haven't kind of like shrunk down to the level. No one's dominated them yet. So as good as Verlander is on paper and totally, I mean, he's getting old, Colt. you got to be able to hit him, right? if we can stay locked in and focused, I think we can hit anybody. Like when Harper is, and you know, I hope this doesn't take Harper out of his focus point because when he's locked in and focused, he clearly can hit any type of, uh, any type of pitcher. 
um, so cold. Shit, we just lost them. Connor will be back on the sooner in a second. But, um, what do you think about our bullpen kind of going into the Astros? I mean, as long as Gibson doesn't touch the field, we should be okay. I feel like Robertson's kind of finally found his stride with us. His pitches definitely look a lot sharper. Yeah. They have. Like, it's, it looks like he's finally like, oh, like, you know, where he's stepping up. He's stepping up in the postseason. Yeah. You know what? He had a bad outing, but you can also say you could play the weather factor into mm-hmm. that. And if he, he's not our like highest nothing in a row, sorry, leverage guy. So if he can do enough to survive in the seventh inning, you can hand it over to Alvarado or Domingos. But he's been in this situation with past teams. I, I, so I Who's do that? trust him. Robertson. Robertson. I do trust him. Okay. I feel like more yeah. now than I was in the regular season. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Kyle, you're great, right? His pitches look a lot sharper now. Curveball looks really sharp. Yeah, I I think uh, Robertson looks pretty good. I I still think that, you know, the two go-tos are absolutely Alvarado and Sir Anthony. But in a bullpen game, like how they – I think game four against the Padres, whenever they got the win without having to use either of those two, was like a pipe dream scenario. I I don't see that happening again. If it does, the Phillies will probably sweep the Astros. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, like I said, I, I just don't think it's something realistic. Um, I think Robertson is probably in the same tier as Brogdon right now as far as trustworthiness. Who was I think you go audio cut what? out. Who, who are you talking about? Robertson. No, oh, the audio cut out. My bad. No, oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, no, I was saying that I think Robertson and Connor Brogdon are in that same tier of like trustworthiness. Um, it's it's just a step below Alvarado and Sir Anthony, and mm. I think it's above Brad Hand and Kyle Gibson and Syndergaard and Falter um, and those guys. So I think you have you have four guys that I mean you have two absolute weapons back there um, with the late late guys and then. If you need a bridge guy to get to one of those two guys, then I would say Brogdon or Robertson. But if it's you just need innings, like teams up five or teams down five, and you don't necessarily think that um, it's a high leverage spot per se, uh, then you can go to Brad Hand or you could go to Syndergaard or Gibson or – Oh, I forgot about Eflin. I would put Eflin in uh in that Sir Anthony tier. Would you? I think he's like the ultimate, maybe not even long man, but like he's like the utility guy of a bullpen. Yeah, like you need you need two innings here. Fine. Do you have a five run lead? Cool. Put in Zach Eflin. Yeah, I mean, as a starter, I think he can go in any situation. He could go for multiple innings. Um Another guy I forgot is Bellotti, but uh, Bellotti's the worst thing to happen to the Phillies garbage in anything. He's all he's shouldn't have been so. on this roster. I, I don't like why the hell is he on the roster? He, and he can't throw a strike. And if he throws a strike, it gets rocked. 
Yeah. So, uh, net negative. Here, here's like the, you know, the top, you know, the three tiers I'd put everyone in. Obviously, you got Jose, Sir Anthony, absolutely filthy, absolutely dominant. Yeah, they're, they're by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Then I would probably put Robertson. I'd probably put Noah Syndergaard. I feel like he, he, he looks Do you want him good. starting games or do you want him coming out of the pen? Uh, I kind of rather have him start games. I'd, I'd rather have him start. I'd rather have him start, but like, you know, just in this scenario, you know, he's in the bullpen. So Robertson, sure. Noah, and then Brad Hand. And then obviously three, you know, you got Brogdon, Eflin, and Bilotti. And then, you know, the other ones we don't even have to mention because, you know, they're trash. I don't know. I would I would put Hand in either Brogdon or Eflin's spot. I don't know. I think he's kind of cooked right now. I think his he's year. lost his like slider yeah, or curveball or whatever that's completely. Everything's him. flat. Nothing is movement. His velocity is yeah. down. His stuff just isn't there, whether it's yeah. a conditioning thing, whether his arm is just worn out from – he pitched a lot in the regular season and he had a good season, but and he's not a young guy, so like it's gotta be yeah. He look he looks tired, like his curveball just isn't breaking. You know, mm-hmm. exactly like you're saying it's flat, he's just not effective. And you could see that with the home runs he's given up because every time he tries to throw a breaking pitch, he hangs it and it goes exactly 415 feet. So it's he's kind of like the same with Falter. Falter doesn't have any velocity. Mm-hmm. He tries to pick the corners, and when he misses, it's yeah over the plate and up, and that's why Juan Soto took him deep. That's why um, Machado took him deep in game four. So just need better stuff. I feel like, honestly, Falter might be unpitchable, you know, unless we have a big lead or we're down by, you know, well, it's weird because he was like so effective in the regular out. season, even with like we all know he didn't have good, like great stuff. Like, the, he's never had even like above average stuff. It's kind of poor, you know. So, it's a low fastball, it's flat, it's an okay breaking ball. But like, he he pitched around it kind of like you know, Ranger might have a little bit better stuff. Has managed to pitch around it, you know, for the past two years. But like, is it just nerves that he was bad? Is it? Him finally getting exposed against a good team because if he's not perfect with his location, he just gets robbed. Yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think it was a combination of those two. I think, obviously, when you're put in the spot, I think being at home helped. I mean, if you're on yeah. the road and you have to face that kind of crowd, uh, then I don't, I don't even know if he would have pitched that game. Um, but yeah, like I think nerves played a factor into it. And I mean, his stuff just wasn't good, but it happens. And he, he was really good uh, while the Phillies needed uh, him to be really good in the regular season. So hopefully if he does have to come in and pitch an inning, then it doesn't hurt us. What should we get into now? Culp, what do you got? Um, yeah, yeah. What do you got? Your audio keeps going out, man. It might just be on my side. What do you got for us? Or 
Colby, what do you, what do you have? What do you want to get into next? And there he goes. Yeah, he might be out. All right, what should we get into? How funny is it, just as an aside, that like, like Garrett Stubbs won't touch the field once. Not at all. And he's still on the roster. And like, he obviously has to be on the roster, but like, he's not going to touch. Neither will um, Derek Hall's on the roster. I have no idea. I, yeah, I think he's on the is roster. On the, too. Like, there's like he? all these guys that are in the dugout watching the game that are not going to play any factor. That's why I hope like none of these games go like 15 innings. Because if they do, you have to see like Bailey Falters, Bailey Falters is going to have to pitch like four innings, um, which would be brutal. It's also like a Ranger thing. Yeah, Ranger was effective in you know in game three. He's still the hold your breath, you know, as both of us know. You can't just lavish praise on Ranger because he's still your hold the hold your breath pitcher. He like has to be pitch perfect with his damn, you know, commander. Otherwise, it's it's very scary and very bad. Yeah. What was just said? Uh, well, we were laughing about how, like, Garrett Stubbs isn't going to touch the field and some of those other guys. And, like, I, I, I thought I saw Christopher Sanchez in the bullpen, maybe. I uh, could be wrong. No, yeah. someone, maybe I just didn't recognize someone. But, like, Derek Hall I saw, I had no idea he was in the roster. I feel like. Dude, he's <laughs> in the yeah. locker room celebrations, like, yeah. hoisting guys up on his shoulders, and he's not going to play. That's what he's there for. But he'll get a ring. Like, that's insane. I think, I think we're going to see Derek Hall. I think we're going to see Derek Hall in the World Series. Yeah. We also thought Brad Marsh was going to be MVP of the NLCS. I didn't say that. I said Nick Cassiano. Oh yeah, that was Matt that said uh, Brandon Marsh. Oof. Oof. Speaking of picks, Speaking we got of... about just under seven minutes here, so we get into some picks. Sure. Let's for... do it. Let's do it. All right. Colton, now I'm going to make you start us off. All right, good. Yeah, because right. now no, I know what's going on. All right, so I got Phillies winning game one, Phillies losing game two, Phillies winning game three, four, losing game five, and then we win game six, Phillies in six. All Who's right. your MVP? Gene Segura. Mm. I'm going to stick with it. All right. I'm going to go. Um, you got it? Yeah, what do you got? Yeah, I'll go. Phillies will take – they'll drop game one and win game two. Um, first time in Phillies franchise history that they'll win a game two in the playoffs because they never do that. I think they'll drop game three at home with Ranger on the mound, and then I think they'll win games four and five, so they'll be up three-two. I think they'll drop – game six in Houston and it'll come down to game seven and I think Bryce Harper will have another moment but I think JT will be the MVP I said it last night on the space I think JT is going to show why he's the best catcher on the planet in this series already probably maybe one of the best catchers to ever live so I think he's going to be the World Series MVP oh 
I didn't realize we were going to get granular with the games here, but I like it. Yeah, I well, Colt did, so I did too. I'm worried about game one. I don't like saying that we'll lose. Secretly, my mind will just sleep, but I think I agree with you, Connor. I think they might take game one. We'll take game two with Wheeler, game three, and then game four, they might they might take. Sending it back to five, which we'll win, and then win it, we'll win in six. Would that be? Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll, yeah. I think we'll win yeah. in six. I think we'll go six or seven. I I very much think part of it will just be Bryce Harper being unconscious for MVP if he is and if we do have it. Another guy, uh, I think it would just be Zach Wheeler. If Zach Wheeler pitches game two, then comes back and pitches game six or something, and it's just unconscious and, and helps will the team to victory. I was saying last night, kicking around the idea of like if Sir Anthony or or Alvarado are just unconscious out of the pen. And they're coming in like every game in closing and getting a save on like no rest. But I don't know if that's ever been given out before. Um, I feel yeah, like... unless every game is like two, one or three, exactly. two. Yeah. But I mean, then you would have to look at the starters as well. I think, I think my uh, second, you know, just in case, probably Nick Castellanos. I think he, he's going to have a big series. I feel like he's finally starting to hit the ball. You know, Tony's starting to get after it. Working? Here's Matt. What's up, Matt? Yo, what's going on? We were just Nothing. giving our, uh, yeah, our like picks. Three and a half minutes left. Ten minutes left. Ten Ten minutes left. I'm in late already? We can we can hold on for another 10, 15 minutes, right? Yeah, we can start. No, nah, that's fine. I'm, I'm good. I, I had to – I was finishing emails, so that's why I had to do it. So I'm, I'm very slow left sniper, I heard. You heard I'm a very slow typer. Is that what it I is? I did. Okay. I'll remember that, Connor. Dombrowski told me. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> oh man. So we'll, what which bit are we doing? Um what what exactly? Like how many games in MVP? Yeah, each game and um each game, uh win or loss and and uh MVP. Okay. I think that it's going to be Phillies in five. Wow. Um, this dude and his obsession yeah. with five game series. Yo, listen. <laughs> hey, it happened the last time. So why not this time? Yeah, and I'm not. I'll take it. I'll be working. So, yo, listen, like realistically, I, th- I think this could go like, obviously, like you can go to six or seven, but I, I think it's going to go five. I think that Nola's going to win game one. Wheeler is not going to get the run support in game two. And then we're going to get a, a, a good Ranger game. We're going to snag the bullpen game. And then Wheeler or then we're Nola, just going to light them up. Just and, just like, and then the last game is just going to be – it's going to do we're, it. We're going to be ringing that bell. Exactly. If we have a game five for the win in Philly, I think we do it. I oh my god! It has to it has to win in. They have to win in five games. I uh, like. I mean, I don't, want city, I, I don't want the city no. to burn, but they got to win in five games. <laughs> the thing with Houston is you kind of like obviously you need to get at least one in Houston, but you're mm-hmm. still not in great shape if you split. Yeah, but obviously I, I they. Mean, 
Like they yeah. haven't lost the game yet in the playoffs. That's true. They swept, but I also they swept think, every round. I, I also think that we're set up because we have our number one and our number two going up against obviously their number one, number two. But the thing is, Verlander has a terrible ERA in the playoffs. He's got like a five point three eight ERA in the World Series specifically. So I think that like we're gonna get Verlander game one, and I think the Phillies are gonna win game one because of that. Framber is a different story. I think that Framber is going to be a little bit more difficult, but I think that the guys are just gonna have like a bad game where they're not gonna give them the run support. And that's why I think they're gonna lose game two. But I also at the same time, if they're hot in game one and they keep and if, if they're high in game one, it means that these rest days didn't matter and like actually help them and they just keep it going into game two so it could definitely happen but after that i think you know ranger at home in the world series is is like a safe bet i just think that he actually will do a lot better against the astro hitters than he did the last time and okay i think ranger will get game three i think that it'll be interesting to see if you know, Rob goes with his instinct again and puts Falter or Syndergaard. I think it should be Syndergaard. I'm also like, I know Syndergaard only pitched three innings in the NLCS, but I'm, or like in the NLDS, sorry. I'm, I'm just wondering if he can be extended a little bit. Like, I know they only wanted to go once through the lineup, but I honestly would like to see if he could get like maybe to four or five you know, in the World Series, if he gets the game four start. So, and I think that he wants to be a starting pitcher. I don't think he's going to be perennially in the bullpen. So if we can get four solid guys out there, I think that when it comes back to NOLA in game five, and if something bad happens, like we obviously have Wheeler game six, which is a huge advantage. And we got the GOAT, Ranger Suarez, for seven, so I'm not even worried if it gets that far. So if it does go to six or seven, I'm, I feel confident with Wheeler and Suarez taking over. It's what? hard because it's going to hinge on those, those bullpen E games, you know. It's like after number three, there's, it's like, ooh, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Even in number three. If Ranger struggles or or if Noah struggles, it's such a taxation on the bullpen because it's not like we have four just absolute horses we can throw out there and start pitching. Like Houston does. Yeah. I think Houston's going to be more similar to Atlanta. Mm. I think offensively, they maybe they're not as strong because they don't have they're not loaded with superstars. I mean, obviously, there's Alvarez and there's Bregman in the middle of that lineup. But I think Altuve is no different than Swanson now at this point in his career. <clears throat> um, and, I mean, a lot of the other guys are in there for their defense. Uh, so, I think, I think a lot of it is them banking on themselves to score runs early. And then just kind of shutting it down with the just waves and waves of pitching that they'll throw at you. Yeah. Can't wait to face Hector Neris and light him up. 
Exactly. Axe. I have Axe. seen. I want to see it. I, I, I just want them to go off on them. <laughs> I have seen an incomprehensible amount of tweets over the weekend stating that there is no doubt in my mind that the World Series is going to come down to Hector Neres trying to close out the Phillies. Oh, yeah. Which would be <laughs> comical, to say the Tom- least. Comical. Yeah, you're right. Oh, my God. It would be uh, – honestly, I wanted that to happen for us to clinch. But if it happens for the World Series, my God, that's even better. What if Bryce Harper comes up, hits a bomb off him for us to win it? Walk off the walk off bomb. Yeah, at game five. walk off bomb at home, game five. You know, put yep. him in the Hall of Fame. Put him in the Hall of Fame, indeed. He could retire right now and he make it for seriously. Harper, who Bryce Harper? Yeah, I think he's close. I think you give honestly, he could retire at thirty five. He doesn't even have to finish out his contract, and he would make it. He just needs to get to like four hundred. Honestly, 400 home runs and he'll make it. One of three players before the age of 30 with at least 250 home runs, 100 steals, and 800 walks. Yeah. He's a beast, but he hasn't had, like, in baseball. I mean, baseball is so fucking hard to get into the goddamn Hall of Fame for, and I, and I kind of like it like that. If it was basketball, he could have won one MVP, and be like, oh, you're in the Hall. Oh, you averaged 20 points for four years. You're in the Hall of Fame. Oh, my gosh. Sure. Get yeah. in. It's yeah, honestly, Hall of Famer. Yeah. yeah, I feel like basketball. I feel like basketball and football make it super easy. Like it, 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 like I feel like it's a lot easier to get into the Hall of Fame in those sports than it is in oh. like baseball or like hockey. I feel well, like time will tell. If Eli good. Manning, if Eli Manning gets into the Hall of Fame, then yeah. the NFL Hall of Fame is just a joke. <laughs> Bro, listen. It, yeah, well, I mean, true, but I think that Eli should just get in for the fact that he. He's served it up on a plate against Tom Brady twice. I think that's hilarious. I think he's just on the comical aspect. I also he think it's be hilarious he's because he's the out. most he's average quarterback of all time. <laughs> Second most average quarterback of all time. Second only to Tom Brady. To Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady's a system QB. Tom Brady is bad. the definition of a system QB. <laughs> So, oh, yeah, I forgot. World Series MVP. Who am I thinking? Wait, who did you guys say is your World Series MVP? Dean Segura or Nick Castellano? Nick Segura, Wheeler, and Harper and JT. JT, threw out. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Don't say Marsh again. No, I'm not saying Marsh again. Um, I just thought he would. I thought that was a good pick just based off of the NLDS, uh, and I was like, damn, well, shit happens. But I think that in this case, I I think I'm going to go – if Aaron Nola gets two games Mm. and he wins – Aaron Nola over Ranger Suarez. Well, the thing is – no, 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 listen. Like, it depends on how they're going to use Ranger. If they use Ranger the same way they they did this past series, I don't know. Like, if he's, like, if they just put Ranger, per, like, in the bullpen, he doesn't start a game, which is unlikely, unlikely, then um, I just think that it's going to be it, – it, I think it'll be Nola if he starts two games. But if it's not – if he doesn't start two games, 
I think that my pick is going to be Alec Bone. Wow. Nice. A good one. Wow. How cool would that, that be? Cool. Before he moves to Indiana. Yeah, seriously. Play basketball for the Pacers. Creating never hear from him for again. himself. Dude, I think it'll be Alec Bohm. I think that like he's had like an av like the most average postseason, and I think he just needs to pop off with like seven doubles. And he was a little disappointing too. in the NLCS at times. He had a couple nice doubles, but like no, he did. He had a couple good like hits, but the thing is, like, people didn't knock him in. That was the thing. Like, no one like backed him up after he got on base, yeah. and that's why like starting next year, I honestly want to move Bohm up in the lineup. Like, I know Connor's been saying this all year. I don't like, think we should have moved Bohm from, like, two or three low-key. I think he's a better – I think he's a better two-hitter than than Reese Hoskins. Now, yeah, I say oh, this yeah. – well, I say this after not having – like, not seeing what I saw in the NLCS. But sure. outside of the NLCS, I say that Bohm is probably one of the best two-hitters in the National League, and he would thrive in the two-hole. Yeah. He's pure contact yeah, I mean, versus – you know, isolated no, crappy power. Where you guys put him, put him between Schwarber if you're going to bat Schwarber lead off next year. And I mean, obviously, you're hoping Bryce Harper's healthy to start the year, but you don't know with this Tommy John surgery that he's that we're assuming he's going to have. So, yeah, I mean, we're assuming that's going to happen. We don't know. I mean, it's possible, but, like, the thing is, like, and if it does happen, I'm sure he'll still be able to DH. Like, I don't think Bryce is going to be able to return to right field until, like, July. sometime, like, like maybe by the All-Star break. But he's also – Bryce already committed to the World Baseball Classic. Uh, playing right Which field. is hilarious because he's not going to play. He's not he's – Well, not I mean, he's going to be the DH, field. I assume. I assume they're just going to DH him for Team USA. I feel like that's good for us that he's going to be playing the World Baseball Classic. Instead of yeah, spring I, training? I think so he's going to get... come into the season on fire. Yeah. I know. He's better competition than just He's going to see so much different pitching, and I think it's going to be great for him to, like – I think he's going to get, like, more meaningful games at the World Baseball Classic than any spring training game. In I my agree opinion. with that. You agree, agree with that? With that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like any pitching he's going to face, like he's going to face a bunch of different guys with a bunch of different stuff. And I'm sure the analytics guys that are working for team USA are going to have every opponent's number and he's going to use what he can with what he's got. But I mean, he is the most valuable player. Like if this man's season was not cut short, he would have went back to back. Genuinely. I have no doubt in my mind. Like, he was on a torrid start before he got hurt in June. And, like, I mean, Paul Goldschmidt probably does deserve it, definitely over Manny. I don't know. Maybe Manny's more – more uh, should get it. I think it would be hilarious if he did. Um, but it's got to be one of those two guys um, for an LMVP, just, like, overall for the regular season. Regular season. So – I don't it know, has though I think on that, that point, yeah, that, like ascended. Sorry, it ascended like Harper. And I was saying it last night. I think pretty clearly, or you can clearly make the argument for best player in baseball, at least best hitter in baseball, just because. Oh yeah. With you have to yeah. put in postseason success into account, and I feel like they don't usually 
you know, when talking about the best players, because you know, not all of them get to the postseason, but to do what you're doing Trout. in a very like rare experience, Trout, exactly, or just like other guys, you don't, you know, in the NBA or the, you know, the NFL, they're like, oh, he's great in the regular season, but he doesn't, you know, doesn't play well, doesn't play up to par in the postseason. But for him to like, I just think flipping that switch. I know. I mean, after, the dude, it's like, another season. level. Exactly. He's, he's always he has the regular season and then playoffs. Better yeah. than MVP in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I mean, can Harper get any hotter than he has been? I, f- I feel I like he, he could. could. He's hitting 500 in the postseason. No, he's, he's 419. No, uh, under 400. No, he's over 400. It's like he's hitting like 418 or 428, something like that. Um, I say that like, like it's like oh, it's just four twenty eight. Well, that's what we're gonna get to. I don't. I think it's been what like fifty years since someone's even hit four hundred for the regular season. Then again, like the postseason. So that's what we're gonna get to. I feel like he's gonna be at least in these playoffs. It's gonna be like the Otani Trout effect, where you know Trout and Otani combined. Pitch six innings, allowed three runs, and hit two home runs, drive in five, and the Angel lose six five. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because they got the no Phillies winning the World Series, obviously. What if, yeah. I think but, Judge should go to Judge should go to uh, L.A. All right, let's let's say free agent predictions. Which for, L.A. We know Angel. Angels. I feel like that would make a big difference for them. No, do you know you know who he would make actually a big difference for just because of how good their pitching is uh the, the marlins <laughs> oh they're gonna pay they're not gonna pay Aaron judge yeah i know it's it's a shame because they paid john carlos stanton at one point but then again that was also Actually, different mike owners stanton, at that time. he's mike so, stanton when he was on the uh marlins so only for one year mike stanton <laughs> All right, let's let's not get Are too far ahead. Though? Yeah, let's not get too far into that. It's fun as it is. Up. All right, I'm good if you guys are. I'm good. You guys good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Connor, you want to take us away? Yeah. Thank you for thank you everyone listening. Uh, you guys are welcome. Uh, very uh, very excited to get this out and have everyone hear our previews for. The World Series, and you know, hopefully by the next time we record an episode, 2022 World Champions sounds pretty fucking good. Sounds great. All right, later, boys. Peace, boys. Peace out, guys.